Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. I am thrilled, as always, that you've chosen to tune in. I know you could be doing lots of other important things with your time. You've chosen to spend that time with me, and I greatly appreciate that. I'm really excited to share today's podcast episode with you. I get the opportunity to share with you an interview I had with Dana Vogelmeyer. And Dana and I, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be nerding out on workplace culture And I just am excited to share Dana and her knowledge with you. Before I jump into that that podcast interview with her, let me tell you a little bit about Dana. Uh, Dana launched Vogelmeyer Consulting back in 2018 after working 30 years for a Fortune 50 company. And during her tenure, she worked for more than 25 years leading diverse teams and working for different types of leaders with their you know unique styles and she began examining the teams that she led and and the leaders that she worked with to determine what were the differences in those teams and in those leaders and some of the experiences she had were great you know energizing and engaging and kind of felt like ma- you know magical teamwork if you will uh, other times teams really seemed to struggle to find harmony she says And her work with employee engagement and her own success with leading teams has led her to being uh, selected, had led her to being selected to improve the workplace atmosphere in one of the divisions where she was working. And she was actually able to improve workplace employee opinion scores by 30%. Now, I don't know how much you've worked with these employee surveys, uh, employee satisfaction, employee engagement type surveys. But I'll just tell you, to move the needle by 30%, that's a big, big deal. Those ships turn very, very slowly. So to change the those employee engagement scores by 30% is a really, really big deal. And, and after doing this, uh, Dana knew that she wanted to help other companies and leaders create work environments that people actually love. Uh, she wants everyone to work for a company that, uh, you know, they just can't imagine leaving and to feel engaged and fulfilled at the end of the day. Dana has a, a, a really good quote that she shares often. She says this, we work 40 to 50 years in our lifetimes. Let's make it great. And I couldn't agree more. And for that reason, I am so excited to share with you all this interview I had with Dana Vogelmeyer. Dana, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. It is wonderful to have you and to share your knowledge with my audience. So glad to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I know, you know, a couple of weeks back, you and I, we connected on a connect meeting and we talked about uh, having the conversation with the audience about workplace culture. And I acknowledged to you just before we hit the record button that I, I lost those notes and and uh, I was just kind of frantically talking to you earlier about you know, what are we going to talk about because I couldn't remember. But now that we 
Now that we've kind of recreated those notes, I'm really excited to share your knowledge and your thoughts about workplace culture uh, with, with my audience. I mean, as leaders, I certainly believe, and it's certainly my experience too, that uh, workplace culture is really, really important. And as leaders, in a lot of ways, uh, we're responsible for it. Um, and so, I, you know, I think to kind of tee up your knowledge and to start off your knowledge with our listeners, I'd like to kind of just pose the question to you around what are your feelings or why do you feel like workplace culture is so important for a team or a business or an organization? Okay. So I love this question because I agree. It is so important. And I feel the leader really is the one who sets the tone for how everybody is going to interact with one another and what kind of culture it's going to be. So if the leader is always running around like a chicken with its head cut off, then that's how, what people are going to feel, that kind of energy. But if the leader is caring, thoughtful in their communication, if they're connecting with people and providing people with what it is they want to get out of their work experience, then that's going to feel a lot different, isn't it? It feels a lot better than running around like a chicken with your head cut off. So I think, you know, that leader obviously sets the tone. The next thing though, to think about too, is the consistency in that. So can I depend on this? Am I going to get the same experience every single time I have an interaction with this leader or with my team? Certainly it's easy for everything to be kind of happy and, and going right when things are going well. But when we hit a bump in the road, when we face adversity, when the company is experiencing something bad, now how is that handled? Mm -hmm. And is there some, all right, we're going to create a plan create a strategy and address this problem head on? Or is it like, oh my gosh, we have no idea what we're going to do. You know, yeah. then that, then people don't feel confident in their workplace. So I think that's important. Like, can I depend on what's going to come out of my leader and this place and my team and all of that? But, you know, sometimes it can even be just the simple things like, you know, nice perks or um, signage in the office or a thank you for a job that was completed and a, Hey, great job on that thing when you do a great job. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't do a great job, you know, a safe place to land to make a mistake and some good feedback about how to do it better. You know, all those things just really impact the way people feel. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what they want is to feel valued and appreciated and recognized for the job and the contributions that they make. And then they feel good about working there. And that's what we're trying to create, a great place for people to come, a place where they love and they feel good about and they're proud to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, I love what you said too about the leader kind of sets the tone, right? We we say that all the time, but, but that's also relevant to culture, right? Whatever culture as the leader I kind of bring into the team or into the group, that's kind of the culture that's going to develop among the team, right? So to your point, if I bring kind of a, a chaotic, uh, uh, you know, nature to the team, well, that's the culture that's going to kind of get created in the team. And we're going to talk about, I, I definitely want to get your insights on how as leaders do we change or improve the culture and so forth. But mm-hmm. I'd also like to get your thoughts just on this idea of culture being so important because I see it as it directly relates to performance. Uh, in leadership, in my leadership teachings, I'm always teaching leaders, 
you have to every day bring the very best version of yourself possible, right? And, and to be that good and effective leader, the best possible version of you has to show up every day. Um, and you got to do all the things necessary to make sure that that happens. But I would say the same for a team, for a group of people, the best, very best version of them collectively has to be there in order and be present in order for the maximum performance out of that team to happen. And I think, in my opinion, culture really impacts whether or not the best version of that team is present to perform at a high level. What I'd like to get your, your feelings or thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so, so agree. So, you know, a lot of times what I will talk to people about is thinking about how it feels to work here. Like, what's it like to work here? And, you know, just as an example, you know, there was an organization that I worked with that had two people that were really, really just highly disengaged Mm -hmm. and just didn't like working there, didn't want to work there and complained about it all day, every day. And so this was, you know, obviously while everybody was still in the office and, you know, even remotely, that would still be hard because they'd still be on the meetings. Right. Mm -hmm. But the hard thing was that when people were driving into work, they're thinking about, oh, I hope so-and-so and so-and-so aren't there today or one of them, you know, but because when it's two of them, it's even, you know, doubly worse, Right. but they would kind of, you know, um, bounce off of each other or pick off of each other, like negative. Yeah. No, I hate that too. I hate that too. And everybody else around could hear it. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to have um, a good, as you said, you know, kind of bringing your best selves to work so that that team can work well together. Or now you have a couple of weak links or some folks that are, they're not contributing to what the best is we could be. And the reality is that when you have a high performing team where everybody is doing their best, you can improve your results tremendously. And one study that was done by the culture works organization. It was a a particular company that they worked with and there were some assembly lines and the, uh, the two, two teams did the exact same kind of work, but they measured over time. There was one highly engaged team and one um, very negative team. And the highly engaged team had an increase of 480% in productivity so consider that because the other thing too about the high, the really disengaged team was they had a lot of errors in their products. This mm-hmm. wasn't like an assembly line manufacturing. Um, so the quality of their work wasn't there. They yeah. didn't care. They were showing up, not them, their best self. They didn't care, but the team that had very high engagement, they did care. They had pride in their work. They had a leader they didn't want to let down. They worked together as a team. So you will see really bottom line results impacted by highly engaged teams Mm -hmm. and the productivity and the quality of the work are huge, but even things like attendance, um, just attrition results Mm -hmm. and what people say about your organization. So think about even things like glass door Mm -hmm. because people can put comments about what it's like to work here on glass door. So that might have even a little bit of impact on reputation. And then also things like innovation and problem solving highly engaged teams are great innovators and great problem solvers. They will work together and collaborate very well, but disengaged teams, they don't want to be together. So they're not going to gel and, and come up with some great, uh, solutions when, when we hit a bump in the road. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And 
and listen, I'm a numbers nerd. So when you start talking about this study from the Culture Works organization and and kind of comparing two teams, apples to apples, doing the same thing, two teams, and one team is almost five X, five yeah. times better than the other team in it. And the only difference is the engagement. And and so one thing I wanted to clear up for our audience too, we're probably going to use a number of different terms that kind of mean the same thing, right? So culture, engagement. Um, I know people sometimes will call it employee satisfaction uh, and, and things like that, but it's it's all defining the culture, the atmosphere within the team. And I really appreciate you sharing those numbers around uh, a team that is that has a positive culture experiences 5x productivity versus a, versus a different. And I totally agree with all of those aspects of attrition and absences uh, because it, it totally makes sense to me that if a person is coming into the office, kind of to use the analogy you were, you're using, if a person's coming into the office and they dread the idea of working all day in the office, working with those team that team member or multiple team members, you're going to get a half-hearted uh, effort out of that team member at best. At yes. best, it's going to be half-hearted. Um, mm-hmm. But if they're excited, if they're engaged, if they're motivated by coming into the office and working with these team members and working in this environment, you're going to get so much more productivity. I totally get that. Yeah. I do want to add to about that disengagement Mm -hmm. because it shows up in different ways. So when you said they can't be giving their full selves. So even when people are coming to work, um, they may be kind of lackluster and complacent, you know, taking longer breaks. They might be doing some shopping on the internet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They might be looking for another job on the internet. So um, even if they're there and they appear to be working, like if you can visually see them and, you know, they may not be doing what you'd hope. So yeah, there's, there's a number of ways disengagement shows up and sometimes, so I, it can range from things like that to not coming to work, to coming to work and being a toxic employee to coming to work and embezzling. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a number of ways that can show up. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly presence doesn't equal productivity right. or performance. That is definitely <laughs> or true. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Well, well, I, I do want to also understand your thoughts on, how do we measure or identify uh, the culture that we currently have? Um, I'm a big proponent in my leadership teaching that we have to measure leadership. Then we take some action to improve it. And then we can measure again and see the improvement. And I think, well, I know that leadership always seems to be kind of one of those mysterious things that people don't necessarily know how to measure, right? They, they know how to measure sales revenue or, you know, end of line production or quality, they know how to measure those things, but the concept of leadership, how to measure it seems mysterious to them. I would submit that I think it's probably a similar situation with the idea of culture. It seems to be kind of this mysterious thing within our team that maybe we don't even know how to identify properly, but definitely don't know how to measure. So I'd certainly like to share with the audience your thoughts on how do we measure the culture that we currently have? Mm -hmm. Oh, good question. So I think there's a number of ways that you can do it and different things will resonate with different organizations. And so let me start first with just a couple of ideas about the measurement piece. Mm -hmm. So 
if you do employee engagement surveys, you can get wonderful information from that. Mm -hmm. Now, what I will say is, are two things about surveys. First is if you do a survey and you gather data, you, you must act on it. Otherwise people start saying, why bother? They're not gonna do anything about it anyway. So you must act on it. And when you do, you must link it back to the survey. Like here, we made this change because what we heard on the survey was that you all wanted yada, 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 you know, whatever it is. And we did that. So then people go, oh, okay. They, they care and they listened and they made a change. The other thing about surveys, so you've got the employee engagement surveys and you can't just take the data. You have to do some digging and that's not always easy. And it takes a lot of work. It's, it's an effort if, if you really want to make a positive impact on the numbers. So those are a couple of things I think about it. And, and I, I say not every, but thing is um, works for every company because there's one organization that I think is um, really, really like the, the, the highest form of a great culture. And it's called Barry Way Miller. And um, their CEO, Bob Chapman, wrote a book called Everybody Matters. And his philosophy is everybody matters. Like every, and he even says, every person that we employ is someone's precious child. So he really holds his employees in a very high regard. And he didn't get there on day one. Mm-hmm. Here. <laughs> um, he didn't get there on day one of becoming a leader. Right. He, you know, over time, he kind of learned some things, faced some adversity in his life mm-hmm. and had some experiences where even like people that worked um, at his company faced adversity and, you know, just different things that made him sort of reflect and think about the impact he made on people's lives. So he asked his CEO or I'm sorry, his C-suite team to come up with a way to measure the positive impact that they're making on the lives of their employees. And I love that, like Mm -hmm. super, super aspirational, not easy to (laughs) figure out. And so they really started working on it, but, Um, there's a lot of things they did, but one thing I would like to share is for this organization, this is, this is good. He, they measure the divorce rate and they want to see, because what his belief is that if you create an environment at work where people feel valued and appreciated and listened to and cared for, then when they leave work and go home to their family members or go out to a restaurant or go to get it, rent a car, wherever they're going, Mm -hmm. they're treating people well because they've been treated well. So you might've heard like in the past, that'll, that phrase about go home and kick the dog, you know, because they had a bad day at work. Right. Like he believes that if you treat people poorly, then they're going to go home and treat people poorly. So he says, this is how we can have the positive impact on people's lives. And they, they did a lot of different things. Michael, I don't want to go into too much of it, but um, it's, there's a great book, everybody matters. And he, the, all the story, like he shares all the stories and they had some wonderful success. Um, I did want to just add too about the measurement. Mm -hmm. So the employee opinion survey or employee engagement survey, how, whatever you're calling it, some kind of a survey from the employees Mm -hmm. and acting on it, but also looking at things like how you're measuring up to your competition and what are they, the people or organizations maybe that are above you, like what are they doing? And so maybe their culture is different and um, a place where people love being. Yeah. 
So are you losing people to your competitors? So your attrition numbers Mm -hmm. will be reflected. Mm -hmm. Therefore your sales and and your position in the marketplace. Um, Also your reputation and, and Glassdoor is a way to measure that. But like in the survey, you could ask people, would you recommend our organization as a place to work to your friends? Things like that. And if people say, yes, I love it here. That's one thing. But if they say no, then there's a reason for that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, there's work you can do to gather that data. Yeah. I I love those suggestions. And, and I think, you know, things like Glassdoor, um, before you do anything that would, um, indicate to your team that you're trying to assess culture. You can go to places like Glassdoor and and maybe social media also in general, and just search around and find, well, what are people, especially your team members saying about your team or your business? Uh, Because what, what they're saying on Glassdoor and elsewhere, that's a reflection of the culture, right? That's not a reflecting that doesn't reflect the product most likely it doesn't reflect the building or the parking. It reflects the culture. Right. And, and, and we're going to talk about in just a moment, or we, and we already have a little bit about the, the culture that's reflected in those comments is, is also a reflection of the leadership that's creating that culture uh, as well. Uh, And so I I agree with you that you can simply start there. And then I, I also agree, you know, move into, like an employee engagement survey of some sort. And, and I couldn't agree more with your statement around if you do, you know, quote, bother the team with a, with a survey, you have to do something with that. I totally agree with that. I've, I've been in many, many situations where I was consulting with a, with a group and and a group of leaders and, and we get onto this subject of surveys and they'll say something to the effect of, well, our participation rate is really, really low. And I'll ask them a little bit about that and maybe some history. And, and yeah, well, we, we do these surveys twice a year. And it used to, we had pretty good participation rates, but now you can just see that the participation. And then I'll ask, well, what are you doing with those surveys you've done in the past? Because if you're doing nothing, then just like you say, the people start to think, well, why bother? Why do I need to spend the time? to do something or to take this survey when my leadership's not going to do anything with it. And you see those participation rates go down. I I even coach this. If you see feedback or information in the survey that you consciously make the, intentionally make the decision, we're not going to do anything to address that. You'd better tell everybody that, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just not doing anything about it, you need to come in front of everyone and say, hey, we saw this feedback in the survey. We recognize these numbers. But at the moment, or right now, we're just not going to worry with those. We're not going to do anything with those right now. We, we got, you know, more important things to work on or whatever it might be. But at least you've told everybody, I saw your feedback. I understand it. And we've made a decision not to not to do anything with it. Um, so you, you definitely have to do that. I, I so, uh, so much agree with that. And thank you for the, I'm also, I'm a numbers nerd, but also I'm a book nerd too. Uh, so I really thank you for sharing that book with us. I will certainly, you know, check that out. Um, uh, because I, I completely agree with that also. I, my, my leadership philosophy uh, or one of my leadership philosophies is that when we lead people appropriately, uh, it doesn't just impact them at work. 
it impacts them at, at home as well. Uh, and culture is a big part of that. If, if I've had a great day at work, I'm probably going to have a great day at home that afternoon. So I totally okay. agree with that. I, I appreciate you sharing that, that book with us as well. Um, well, so we're talking to leaders here and we, are, we get it. All right, Dana, culture is important. And I need to be doing some things like Glassdoor and, and surveys and measuring against my competition to see where we are. But how can I change it? Right? How can I improve it? Once I understand what kind of culture I have right now, what as a leader can I do to improve the culture within my team? Okay, so this is a hard one because culture is not an easy thing to change and it will not change overnight or in a week or in, in a month. But the thing is that when you recognize that you want to make some changes or need to make some changes because of the business results you're getting or feedback that you're getting from somewhere, you can start with the assessment of the current state. So as you mentioned, like Glassdoor, where are you right now and what are the issues? And your survey will, will tell you that. And sometimes even having a person externally come in and do some discovery work and just have some com conversations with people and even a little bit of walking around sometimes, you know, I think about um, an organization that I was in one time, the, the contact center was in the room that was also like the tornado shelter. <laughs> a tornado was going to be coming through. So with cement, like cement, like um, cylinder block ish, like working in a dungeon kind of environment. It yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. yeah. And as you walked in, it had a sign with the, the circle with the red line across it and, and a gun, you know, so it said like no guns allowed on this property. And so it, it doesn't feel great walking in, you know, so things, things like that. And again, an external person can sometimes see those and just ask the question, like, could we take that sign down and put up a sign that says, we're happy that you're here today, or right. thanks for coming in, or right. whatever, something yeah. positive. Um, but so you're, you're assessing your current state, maybe having someone come in and do some, some discovery and figure out what are the issues. Then you can start figuring out, um, your change management plan and your kind of first assessment or some low hanging fruit. What are some things we can take right now? As, as we discussed earlier, um, change them and then communicate them. But you might have some strategies for some other things that are longer term that might even get, um, really positive results, you know, but they're going to create more work and you might have to put a team around it. You also want to kind of validate the things you're doing. So if you hear people saying, you know, one of the things that I, I don't like is that we don't have, we don't have daycare. Well, maybe you could partner with a daycare facility that's very close mm -hmm. and offer maybe, um, subsidize or have some kind of, um, arrangement where people during lunch could even go over or something of that nature, just right. something that would make it simpler and easier for working parents. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if that seems to be a theme that comes up and then, so how you address it might be a bigger initiative, yeah. but, but when you make a change management plan, you're going to have some different initiatives that you strategically want to implement to positively impact. And then you survey again, you're probably never going to get to a perfect end state in something like culture. Cause you're always going to be adapting to the changing workforce, but you can do these periodic surveys and see if you're making some good progress. And so what's different now. Yeah. And I, I think so often 
especially right now where we are, you know, in mid 2021, how different the workplace is than it was prior yeah. pandemic. And the way, you know, people are quitting their jobs in record numbers right now, 4 million people quit their jobs in April of 2021. So why are they quitting? There are a lot of theories out there. So if, if you're an employer and you're experiencing that, you need to take a, a, a good look because it's not going to get better yeah. <laughs> by doing nothing. You, you may have to make some changes to adapt to people's changing expectations. And a lot of that is people have um, experienced some flexibility mm-hmm. and um, would like to continue to have that flexibility or there was too much stress there. And, you know, I've come to the realization that I, I don't handle that stress well. And so I'm going to move into a different industry. You know, there, there could be yeah. a number of things, right? So, you know, I, that's why I say it's not easy and, but it can be done. It can definitely be done. And right. I think Uber is a really great example of, of some, of an organization who had some, some toxic work practices going on and the CEO was, terminated or stepped down or whatever, but they brought in a new CEO who had some really good uh, results and experience uh, with Travelocity. Mm-hmm. And um, so he he came in and his uh, task at hand, if you will, <laughs> was to change the culture. Yeah, They'd had some lawsuits and really bad reputation um, was tarnished during that time. And like, we need to get this back on the road some guardrails, some governance, compliance, and create a great place to work where yeah. people can feel proud to say they work there. Yeah. So it can be done. Yeah, you know, that example just brings up a, another import, important point, I think, that that speaks to how important culture is because we tend to kind of put culture in a box of it impacts just us inside these walls. But that's really not true. I mean, especially if we have a really toxic culture, then it it expands outside the walls of our business, outside the walls of our team, and even to the point that our customers and I, you know the the rest of the world sees that and has a, a negative perception. So it it hits your your reputation uh, publicly, as well as makes your life miserable internally. So I, I just wanted to make that point in that example you shared is is a perfect example. Uh, of that as well. And, and I really, um, I, I want to also kind of get your, uh, your thoughts on this idea of going public with your efforts to improve the culture. And, and I'll give you a little context. I, I've had this happen to me a number of times, maybe you have as well, where I'm consulting with uh, a leader and we will, uh, you know, we'll make a plan on changing whatever it might be that he wants to change about his team or, or something like that. And we'll, we'll put forth that plan and, you know, I'll leave, he'll go off to do his, his plan and we'll come back for our next session or whatever. And, and I'll be talking to him about, you know, him executing through those steps. And it becomes obvious to me that he was trying to execute those in a covert way. Right. And, and it just astonishes me. And I think, well, wait a minute, why didn't you go public with these efforts? And why didn't you get help and ideas and thoughts and, and cooperation and buy-in and all those things from your team? And so I'd, I'd like to understand your thoughts on if I'm the leader and I want to change the culture of our team, 
Is there wisdom in getting up in front of the team and saying, I don't exactly know what this looks like yet, but I want us and we need to change the culture of this team. What's your thoughts on going public, if you will? Yeah, I, I personally think it's a great idea. The thing is that I think many may not do it because of the vulnerability that's required to mm-hmm. stand up in front of people and say, you know, things aren't great and we need to make some changes or maybe even like I, I need to make some changes personally or whatever it might be. But that is, you know, very vulnerable to stand up and say, things aren't, aren't great. And I heard, I heard you loud and clear on the surveys and we're going to make some changes, but think about if someone did that and how that could really impact the way people feel in the company. I would be like, I would be so proud first of all, that that person listened to what everybody said and recognizes that there needs to be some changes and wants to make some changes. I feel like that's very transparent. It's, um, kind of putting people first. Mm-hmm. So it feels good. I'm, I'm with you. You know, I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, let's do this. And I, so I think you could get a, um, a lot of good buy-in from employees too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, also I'm, I'd like to get your thoughts too on, cause I, I agree with you and I always use the analogy of, of a ship. Um, I spent time in the Marine Corps and a good bit of that was on a on a ship, uh, you know, an aircraft carrier and, and a ship of that size, you don't turn it around quickly, right? I, I tell people at times we were in port and I remember uh, going to bed and we would be facing east. And when I got up in the morning, we were almost facing west, right? To turn around and go the other. So you turn that thing around really slowly. Um, and culture, I think you're right. You You tend to turn it around really slowly also. But I know over the course of turning a culture around, there's going to be difficult situations, right? I, I think it's super important that you define, well, what is the culture that we want to create? And what are the actions that are necessary to move us in the direction of that defined culture? But along the way, as the leader, I think that sometimes it changing the culture doesn't necessarily come down to what you've mandated but rather what you've, what you're tolerating, right? So if you are, if you've defined a culture and you're working with your team and you're trying to work your way towards that new successful, you know, good culture, but you have some team members maybe that are exhibiting behavior that, you you know, keeps us in the old ways, right? It keeps us in the, in the current culture and is not making the improvements we need. Then oftentimes that's going to, uh, that's going to equal some, difficult conversations that's going to equal maybe some some reprimands of some sort uh performance reviews of some sort uh, negative performance reviews or whatever but how important do you feel like it is that if i'm the leader but i tolerate those additional negative behaviors or, or those things that's keeping us in this old culture how impactful is that to the to the progress of turning this ship around do you think Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely working against it. It's complacency and also kind of just taking the road of easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. instead of doing the work. And I know that having hard conversations with people about not meeting their expectations or maybe not a- adapting to a change that has occurred, those conversations are not easy, but that's why we have leaders. 
that's part of that job is to have those hard conversations. If, if everybody always did exactly what they were supposed to do, we wouldn't need to have leaders in an that's organization. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, think about too the impact that has on the way other people feel. So if somebody's kind of not pulling their weight or working against the goal or whatever, however that shows up, the other people see it and have formed an opinion and are telling themselves a story that right. it doesn't matter. You know, so-and-so is not going to do anything anyway. So how motivated are they to kind of your earlier question about how motivated are they now to bring their best selves and their best work and great quality of the product mm-hmm. because they see, a, you know, next to them or, the department over or whatever people not doing that. And right. so it's, it's a real big morale bummer. I mean, mm-hmm. people, people talk about that kind of stuff a lot. Yes. Um, so leaders definitely need to hold people accountable. And when you say, you know, you might hear sometimes we have a culture of accountability, you know, I would ask the question of how do you, how does that show up? How do you define that? Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, can share like termination stories or hopefully some turn it around stories right. where they've coached people and, and they turn it around. Mm-hmm. Then to me, there's, yes, there's some good accountability, but it was still like, you know, any leader, like you're, you're accountable for your work, but you are also accountable for the people who are on your team mm-hmm. and doing their best work, but also developing them, and sometimes that means redirecting people outside of the organization because they're not a good fit or they can't right. do the skills or whatever it might be. But you're accountable to the company to to do that hard work that you were hired to do. Yeah, definitely, I definitely agree with that. Well, well, Dana, look, I really appreciate your time and and you've you've kind of helped us walk through workplace culture and importance and how to measure it and and you know how to change it, but. I'd also like to ask, is there any other element of workplace culture maybe that we didn't share or didn't discuss that you feel is just really important to, uh, you know, to share with the audience today? So I do think that a couple of important things are recognition and rewards. You know, so sometimes I mentioned earlier, you know, just, just a thank you. Like people appreciate that. Just, you know, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Or, I know that wasn't on your plan for today. That meeting was not on your agenda for today. And I appreciate you going and covering for so-and-so who's out, whatever it might be. Right. Mm -hmm. So a a nice thank you, but a recognition, if you've gone over and above the call of duty, um, it doesn't have to be, the rewards don't have to be magnanimous. Right. No, but the, the thought and the action can really make a difference. So um, that's one. And then the other thing I would add to that, which, so to me, these things are, are kind of easy. These would be low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. but to have some fun at work, we are going to work 40 or 50 years in our lifetimes. We spend more time with our coworkers than we do with our families. Some weeks, and some months, we want to make it fun and kind of right. get to know each other and then appreciate what you're getting from the other people and bring, bring good energy 
bring that attitude of like, I'm here to, you know, do great work, but building in some fun from time to time really makes a difference. And, you know, there's an organization that I'm aware of that um, it's an advertising agency and they do something called summer Fridays. So in July and August, nobody works on Friday and um, they encourage people, like if you want to, you know, meet up for lunch or something like that with your coworkers or, you know, something so you can get to know each other better Mm -hmm. and, you know, do those those fun activities or whatever it might be, just even if it's like a day of games or something, it changes the way people work together when you have fun together. Yeah. No, I really appreciate you sharing those two things as well. Uh, And I always talk about uh, recognize and reward the behavior you want. Right. And and I have a lot of, a lot of leaders that will kind of respond to me uh, uh, with that of, well, they're just doing their job. I I don't, why do I need to, always thank them for doing their job. And my response to that is, well, do you want them to do it better? Do you want them to do more of that? (laughs) And if you do, then you better recognize and reward it. And I so agree with you. That doesn't have to be some grandiose gesture, a pat on the back and a, and an acknowledgement. Hey, I saw what you did yesterday and man, I really appreciate you doing that. Uh, It goes so far, goes so far. It does. Yeah. Then people feel good about it. And, you know, I think about like sometimes a thank you note, Mm -hmm. a nice or something like that. And I worked for the same organization for 33 years, Michael, and I still, so I left in 2018. I still have many of those notes that were given to me during all that time because they, they were so meaningful. Right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, well, Dana, look, you, you've dropped a ton of great knowledge on our audience here about workplace culture. And I'm, I'm confident there's going to be some listeners in our audience that want to better connect with you, find what you're doing and some of your other content and all. So how would our audience find you or connect with you? How would you want us to do that? Okay. So my website is one way, which is VogelmeyerConsulting.com. And I know Vogelmeyer sounds like a mouthful, but it's just like two words, Vogel, V-O-G-E-L, Meyer, M-E-I-E-R. Um, or email me at Dana at VogelmeyerConsulting.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, and I will I will have links to all of that in, in the show notes for this podcast episode. And so you can go there and you can find those links there uh, to Dana's website as well as her email. And then look her up on LinkedIn. She, uh, Dana, you're apparently like me. LinkedIn is kind of my platform. Uh, I'm I think I'm present on the others for the most part, but LinkedIn is kind of my, my ground. So we'll look for you on LinkedIn as well. But, uh, but Dana, thank you so much for your time today. Again, I feel like you've dropped a, a lot of great knowledge on our rookie leaders audience. So I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure. Well, there you go, friends. My interview with Dana Vogelmeyer. I know you Love that. I know you received a lot of great, you know, workplace culture value from that. So I'm just so excited to share that with you. Be sure you check out the show notes for this podcast episode uh, so that you can find the links to find Dana. You can head over to Vogelmeyer Consulting. That's V-O-G-E-L-M-E-I-E-R consulting.com. You can find her there. Her email address is Dana at Vogelmeyer consulting.com. And then, as she said, you can also find her on uh, LinkedIn. So I encourage you to reach out to her on LinkedIn and connect with her there. Uh, But again, you can find show notes to all of that in the show notes. You can find links to all of that that we just mentioned there. 
Hey, before I let you go, let me remind you again about our leadership calculator. Be sure you head over to theleadershipcalculator.com and utilize that calculator to measure your leadership effectiveness so that you receive objective scoring of your leadership effectiveness. And as you do that, you will receive a report from us that will define your score for you, uh, but then also give you insight into how you can grow, how you can increase your leadership effectiveness. So I highly encourage you to check that out. Again, theleadershipcalculator.com. I hope you will check that out. And until I speak to you again next week, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.